Hello, first-time listeners, and welcome back, returners, to the Sports Deli, where great conversations and insightful guests are always tops on the menu. The three of us, Dr. J, Coach K, and Hootie Hoot, will continue our discussion today as it relates to contemporary social, educational, and sport issues. If you want to send us an email, feel free to do so at thesportsdeli at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at Mike Hootner or on Twitter at Michael Hootner. Now grab your favorite bagel and beverage and let's do this together in the Sports Deli. We're joined by Chris Moore, the CEO of the Positive Coaching Alliance. He was hired in 2019 as the Chief Executive Officer to help continue founder Jim Thompson's message, which was in part to transform youth sports so sports could transform youths. So Chris, we were just we, we were just talking that I've come to the conclusion that we're all Michael Cohen. We're all under house arrest, but none of us did anything wrong except Michael Cohen. Well, and what's up with the Michael Cohen? You know, he's he's doing interviews. He's I know he's got more free. I mean, he he looks like and he looks like he's going out for dinner. I'm like, I didn't. I'm not going out for dinner, and I'm not under house arrest. How does this happen? I don't know what's up with that. I mean, it's it's pretty in vogue to be like, uh, you know, on house arrest now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he looks like he's got, you know, he's got a good system going. He's got, he's got a book to sell. It's like the best thing that happened to him. What's it's it like, called? You know. Club Fed, right? Isn't that what it's called? Club <laughs> Fed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. That's exactly right. Okay, so I have a question. Who's in the PhD program? It's te- to be technical. It's the ED. Just to be technical, it's EDD. Um, it's the it's the executive EDD program at Penn University of Pennsylvania, obviously. And um, it's a 22-month program that's for people that are currently still working. And okay. so I'm not. So I'm doing. I'm. I'm. So you. So you know. If you saw it, I'm the vice president for enrollment management at RPI, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. Actually, the former NCA um, head of the NCA was an alum at our. Anyways, so um, Chris, you had to get him started on this stuff. Yeah, Chris, no, this, so I'm doing this. this. Is not this is not <laughs> the launching. This is not the launching pad. This, for the this, show, none Chris. of this will make. Chris will enjoy this, but obviously no one else, and this will lose his viewer, reader, or whatever. We I'm have. an intellectual like Jonathan. I, I went to yeah. University of Chicago Booth School of Business for my. MBA. Oh wow, good for you. Yeah, so great school. So anyway, Chris, so, that's. That's his dissertation you see behind him in the background. <laughs> yeah, I built out my house. It's going well. <laughs> There's an investigation because being a member of higher ed, I know I would never have an actual. Yeah, yeah, ed. exactly, right. <laughs> so, anyways, that's the story. Oh man, you guys, you guys have fun. Uh, if you're an intellectual, you're going to be pretty disappointed within the next hour. <laughs> Well, hey, I, I, you know, I love sports too, and that's why we're here. So uh, yeah. I'm, I'm super, uh, super excited. Thanks for having me. The Positive Coaching Alliance, um, you know, we have a national arm, of course. We're based in Mountain View, um, California. And, uh, and then we have, um, you know, we've sort of divided our, 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 the country into three distinct vertical um, uh, geographies. Um, the West, the the Midwest, and the East. And within those geographies, we have what we call regions. So LA is is region, we have, you know, Arizona, um, uh, you know, Portland, Seattle, you know, that make up the West. And so each of those um, geographies, um, there is a regional director, and then we have a vice president who oversees the entire vertical. And so within each um, we have relationships with national sports governing bodies, with, um, you know, with elementary and high schools and middle schools, um, with community organizations. And so founder Jim Thompson watched his kid after losing the love of sports. Um, after he uh, got an injury his freshman year in college and he was attending his kids youth sports. And, you know, he talks about how. Um, he was so disappointed in the negativity surrounding youth sports that he decided to do something about it. Well, talk, talk a little bit about, um, you know, what he wanted out of all of this and, you know, where it is now and how proud he is of it and and you taking over the reins. Uh, You're absolutely right. I, I succeeded our long, uh, long time founder, Jim Thompson. I joined positive coaching Alliance in October of 2019. Um, so I just celebrated my one year anniversary. Little did I know 
uh, I would be managing through a pandemic, um, the likes of which none of us have ever experienced in our lifetimes. Um, I knew the organization fairly well when I joined because um, I came to PCA uh, from U.S. Youth Soccer, where I was the CEO uh, for, for five years. And Positive Coaching Alliance and U.S. Youth Soccer were partners. So I knew the organization uh, from the outside. And um, I really fell in love with their mission. Uh, you know, the difference I would say is that at Positive Coaching Alliance, we are uh, looking at sport more broadly. And our mission is to be a catalyst for a positive youth sports culture in all communities ac across the country. Uh, what we focus on is the transformative experiences, uh, the positive youth uh, development aspect of the sport. Ultimately, what we're trying to do is we're trying to, tr we're trying to make the sport more positive. Well, at PCA, we, we, th we believe um, that, you know, the, the kid's voice is certainly fundamental, um, but we also believe that, that um, you know, a well-trained, nurturing coach is super important. And, um, and so we, we, you know, we have a number of uh, uh, courses and lessons and resources um, uh, where we train coaches, we train parents, we, tr we train the athletes themselves, we train administrators on how to, um, how to create a positive youth the, the type of training that PCA offers, it's different uh, than what we would have provided, for example, at US Youth Soccer or at any of the national sports governing bodies, because we are teaching um, uh, co coaches how to create a nurturing environment for players. We're teaching um, players how to respect their teammates and how to, um, uh, you know, how to honor the referees um, or the officials of the game. So it's not the tactical skills that uh, a, a trained coach in a given sport would impart. It's life lessons. It's um, how to communicate, how to improve your problem solving skills, um, teaching uh, lessons about values. You know, we often hear that, um, you know, people are, kids are a sore loser. Um, well, uh, or, or, or you, you're not the, the best winner, you know, because you're bra braggadocious or what have you. Well, a lot of our training teaches many of these aspects that are not really um, part of any A license, if, you know, or B license or C license coach <laughs> uh, within, um, uh, you know, within a, a, a soccer or any of the other Olympic sports. And so that's what makes it uh, really, uh, really valuable and worthwhile and why we receive a lot of um, uh, registrations for, for our, coach our coaching education training. And, um, and we also work with schools. We, we provide uh, training to uh, athletic directors and coaches in the school environment uh, up through high school as well as YMCA and other community organizations too. So our training is really uh, applicable to any of those situations. We're not gonna teach someone necessarily dribbling skills uh, in basketball, but we are gonna teach them about, um, you know, uh, how to control their emotions uh, during a tough loss. Or, you know, we're gonna talk to that parent about that ride home. I was a, a coach of, to my kids and I violated all of the cardinal rules um, <laughs> um, you know my my son who at one point was playing left field he was not an outfielder by any stretch but um, you know he dropped uh, booted a few uh, uh, balls out in the outfield and the moment he got in the car um, he, he you know he, he heard it from me so uh, and those are the types of things that we we we, we teach parents uh, not to do, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Listening to an interview with Chris Moore, the chief executive officer of the Positive Coaching Alliance, which was established in 1998 by Jim Thompson. And last year in 2019, Chris was named CEO. 
And you can find him at Chris Moore Sport. Moore is M-O-O-R-E, Chris Moore Sport on Twitter. And on Instagram, at Positive Coach U.S. You can go to www.positivecoach.org. You can go to Coaches R, A-R-E, CoachesR.org. And then make sure if you post anything uh, on social media, you uh, enter hashtag Coaches R. Coaches is C-O-A-C-H-E-S-A-R-E, hashtag Coaches R. And then you can go to, as we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, whether or not you're choosing parent, coach, player, uh, administrator, official, or referee to get uh, training from the uh, Positive Coaching Alliance staff, which is uh, regional, and they have people all over the country, uh, as he will talk about a little bit later in the podcast. You can go to PCADEVZONE.org. That's Positive Coaching Alliance, PCA, Dev for Development, Zone, PCADevZone.org. And the other thing um, that's uh, incredibly interesting is the advisory board includes 145 people, including two people that have already been on this podcast, Val Whiting, former Stanford uh, national champ, played in the ABL and the WNBA, uh, Dr. Richard Labchick, civil rights activist, uh, Tara Vanderveer, Hall of Fame coach, uh, currently at Stanford for the women's basketball program. Brad Stevens, Boston Celtics head coach. Dean Smith, legendary University of North Carolina coach, who coached Michael Jordan and many others. Uh, Doc Rivers, n- now coaching the 76ers. Ronnie Lott, San Francisco 49ers legend. Um, and, and just so many others. Tons of soccer, women's uh, World Cup soccer players. Um, Shane Battier, former Duke, uh, Blue Devil, and NBA player for for several years. Tommy Amaker, the head men's basketball coach at Harvard. And the list goes on and on. Brad Osmus, a major league baseball manager. It's just an incredible list that's involved with this organization. And uh, so check it out uh, and um, spend some time on their website. You'll, you'll learn a lot of things. And uh, they conduct live and online workshops nationwide for youth and high school sports leaders, as he just talked about, coaches, parents, and athletes. And uh, the workshop attendees have helped create a positive character-building youth sports environment for nearly 20 million youths. Now back to the interview with Chris Moore, CEO of the Positive Coaching Alliance, here in the Sports Deli. Chris, can we come back to um, parents a little bit later and, and can, can you maybe uh, illuminate how um, your program might share something in common with a training that was more tactical? Like uh, the thought that comes to mind is pedagogy. Like how, how are you teaching people to teach the curriculum that you've just sort of crafted for us in the, in the last answer? Well, I mean, there's some, there's obviously going to be some, um, uh, crossover. I mean, if you just look at what our training emphasizes and what sports in general, um, what coaching curricula emphasize, we, we talk, um, for example, about um, winning. It's okay to, it's okay to, um, uh, to, as a coach, to strive to win the game. We would never say that um, you should, you shouldn't win, right? I mean, um, kids have to learn how to win. They have to learn uh, how not to win or how to handle their emotions if they don't win. They have to learn problem solving skills. Um, uh, we're teaching about anti-bullying. Um, there's some abuse prevention training that's been incorporated into our training. There's ethics. Um, there's how to fill your emotional tank, like the tank of a car, how to, how to boost your, your players up and get, you know, get the, um, uh, their highest uh, level of effort. We talk about growth mindset and how as a player, you should be thinking about, uh, you should have a growth mindset when you are, um, approaching play. So, so there are a number of crossover, uh, uh, opportunities between what we uh, train or in how we train coaches. Uh, but then there are some things that we just cover that they don't cover in, in an individual sport. 
Francis, I'm curious, you know, we're now into the second generation of Title IX, third generation. So we've had women who are athletes in college and more of them than were, let's say, 20, 30, 40 years ago, their parents. Yeah. But they may not have wanted to go into coaching. You know, they have professional jobs. And like you're saying, with maybe they're a single parent or maybe they're the leader. You know, they're the person that takes care of the son or daughter. Have you seen more of them maybe out of necessity? Women are very much part of that equation, um, including at the coaching level. I, I've had uh, the occasion to speak with a number of um, high school and collegiate coaches like uh, Erica Dombach, um, the women's um, coach at uh, Penn State, US, sorry, the women's uh, soccer coach at Penn State. And uh, she came up as a player and she played US youth soccer as a matter of fact, and now she, she coached her team to the uh, national championships. You have um, Mia Hamm, uh, who's on our, um, on our national advisory board and Ju Julie Foudy, uh, Brandy Chastain, uh, all played on the U.S. women's national team, and they talk talk about how um, how co coaching is so important to what they do, um, you know how they uh, how they have developed. Um, and I'm curious on that: the women that are on your board compared to the men that are on your board around the same age, do they talk about the similarities and differences in their up in their coming up through the pipeline? Because that's what it is, and how they were coached. I, I actually did talk to Mia Hamm about coming up at North Carolina under right. uh, uh, Anson Dorans. And, um, you know, she just, she couldn't say enough positive things about her experience. He was tough, um, mm -hmm. just as you would expect any coach to be tough on their players, but he coached them with, you know, respect, she, she said, and um, he wasn't critical of, of them as, as, as players. Um, uh, he wanted to win. Uh, so I don't think there are many, you know, again, this is, this probably wouldn't be too big of a leap to say that those players, um, many of whom were coached by men, um, uh, would, would say their experience was different than maybe, um, uh, you know, a male coming up, uh, being, being taught um, or coached by a, a, a man. I think what you're doing is, uh, and what, you know, Jim started is, is amazing. It, a lot of things are going through my head, you know, Gordon and I, and, you know, John have been involved in sports for a long time. You know, you you talked about your advisory board, you know, you have Doc Rivers, Ronnie Lott, Lindsey Gottlieb, Curtis Granderson, Dusty Baker. I mean, they're all great too. Tar Tara Vanderveer. I mean, you have 145 people on this advisory board. It's, it's a remarkable list of uh, people. And we, you know, maybe talk about that in a little while, but uh, it, when Jay Billis was on, and Dr. Carissa Niehoff mm -hmm. uh, from the NFHS, you know, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm glad you said that you can still talk about winning and still uh, train coaches in all these areas that you're talking about, because I think people think that that is something that you can't do and they're not mutually exclusive of one another. You can have both. And Jay especially has talked about this a lot. Uh, how this may be the last experience these kids ever have, whether it's at the youth level or at the high school level. And so uh, I think it's remarkable what you guys are doing. And I would encourage anyone listening to this to really seriously consider uh, partaking in one of your trainings, depending on what region you're in, and just go to positivecoach.org. And I think when everyone can be on the same page, and uh, learn more about themselves and about the people around them. I think it just would make for that much better of an experience for every, everybody involved. What he, what he can't tell Mike is that when you sign up for his program, they're actually gonna have to make you less positive in order for you to meet the bar. He, Mike is probably the most positive coach I've met in 45 years. I could tell, I could yeah. tell, I could tell. Yeah. What do you coach by the way? Uh, I coach intercollegiate tennis and basketball, and now I coach up for a low-income first-generation high school for girls basketball. Outstanding. Uh, bless your heart. Um, because of what's been happening with this racial reckoning, uh, have you incorporated some new training uh, into sort of sensitivity training and, and diversity training? As, as it relates to the social unrest, um, you know, this summer, it reached uh, a fever pitch of course, with, um, with the George, George Floyd 
um, murder and, uh, and then Breonna Taylor and, and just a number of other issues that sparked um, racial, um, social and racial uh, divisions within the country. Um, because of the, and you, you've probably seen in a, NBA players like LeBron James and, Doc, and, and even coaches like Doc Rivers really draw a line and say, look, we, we as a country are better than this. We can do better than this. And so um, b- given the effect of these protests, these, you know, race riots and protests, um, you know, then the toll they've, they've taken on our country and specifically on our sports world, um, we decided to create a, a whole platform called Sports Can Battle Racism. And what that involves, and it's, you know, I'll be the first to admit, it sounds kind of provocative uh, because it uses the word racism, but um, but but I, I think that's what's required. You know, we have to have the converse, be able to have the conversation just as we're having right now. And what this, um, this, this curriculum and this platform uh, enables is, um, a dialogue around some of the, the core tenets or topics that um, sort of draw the uh, intersection between sports and race. And clearly there isn't, a, you know, coaches have to be able to talk to um, and coach to the uh, diversity in their, the diverse makeup of their teams. And it's easy oftentimes, just like in society to say, well, I, treat everybody the same. I think of every, everyone, they all look the same. I, I, race is, you know, I don't see race. Well, Jeff, that's just the point. You should see race because everyone's experiences are going to be different. Everyone's socioeconomic uh, situation will be different. You talked about coaching in underserved communities. Um, that's a big focal point for us as well um, because in many of those disadvantaged communities, there's a dearth of youth sports programs. There's not the, the same access to youth sports as there might be in Palo Alto, California. And so we, we do a really nice job in this workshop, I must say, in educating and providing, you know, a baseline level of awareness about how to treat, um, you know, and, and honor and respect differences among, you know, you know as a coach, um, and as a teammate, um, if, if someone's different from you, uh, their perspective is different from you. So it's been really well received and we're, we're going to build on, on it. But um, but it's, 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 it's really needed as far as unity and reconciliation and healing. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely agree. You know, during this racial reckoning, um, if you're not willing to be not just against racism, but anti-racist and, and have those tough conversations that we've talked about several times on the podcast, where you're learning about people that are different than you, that don't sound like you, that don't look like you, that have had different experiences from you, in order to gain a greater understanding of what others' plights have been like growing up and having to navigate the different sets of laws and experiences in this country. Otherwise, you know, we're not going to continue to change the narrative and we're going to sweep it under the carpet like we've done in the past. Well, and the unfortunate, the unfortunate part of it, I think, is many of these really tough um, discussions uh, nationwide uh, and, and the protests occurred during a presidential election and everything gets, you know, amplified and magnified um, when you have politicians sort of uh, weighing in on, on this and, and, and it just, it just sort of um, takes on a political complexion when um, in fact, it's really not about politics. It's about humanity. Yeah. You're listening to an interview with Chris Moore, Chief Executive Officer of the Positive Coaching Alliance. You can find him at Chris Moore, Moore is M-O-O-R-E, Chris Moore Sport on Twitter. You can go to Instagram and find them at Positive Coach, 
us and you can go to www.positivecoach.org. Their partnership network includes more than 3,500 youth sports organizations, cities, and schools. And in the past year alone, PCA has conducted more than 3,500 live group workshops across the United States while assisting thousands of other individuals via online workshops. Now back to the interview with Chief Executive Officer of the Positive Coaching Alliance, Chris Moore. I was hoping Chris would circle back around and, and we might talk a little bit about um, you know, the three groups that you sort of outlined, Chris. You talked about coaches, parents, and players. Um, you, you guys must have some challenges in presenting your curriculum and uh, you know every organization has obstacles and we all have them as coaches. Um, are, are there particular things with each of those groups? Is there one of those three groups that has been more challenging for you guys to reach? So the athletes, um, you know, and the coaches, I, I would say those are probably the two easiest groups for us. I mean, we are the positive coaching alliance and, and <laughs> right. I think, right. And I think, I think uh, many coaches um, sort of look to us for resources and tools um, to, uh, you know, help them, uh, you know, administer uh, and coach uh, their, their sport. And I was just in, um, in Tampa Bay yesterday. Uh, Monday and Tuesday of this week, and I interviewed Tony Dungy. Hmm. Um, I flew down there just to interview him. I, he was so gracious. He, he, you know, we, and generous, we had uh, 30 minutes scheduled with him and he went an hour. And, hmm. um, and I just asked him some questions. We talked about, um, we talked about, um, you know, sports and race and what was it like growing up for him. Um, you know, he talked about uh, he gave some advice for coaches who were managing um, teams with um, with you know diversity. Um, we talked about faith. He's a man. He's a Christian. Uh, we talked about family, which is super important to him. And he fundamentally believes in positive coaching. And he talked. He couldn't say enough um, great things about um, about <laughs> positive coaching. And he really made made a distinction between positive coaching and negative coaching. With parents, it's 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 often um, uh, a little bit difficult. Number one, to engage them, it's hard to get them to show up. Some sometimes, especially if it's after school, when it comes to um, respecting officials or um, you know setting the right expectations for your kids and putting wins and losses uh, into perspective, and all the life lessons that we teach, it's important that that parents reinforce those messages off the field so that when um, when their uh, son or daughter uh, is on the field, uh, then, you know, they can put in, into practice some of those things that we're, we're teaching. Um, you know, uh, mistakes are part of the game. Um, you know, so we try to alleviate the fear of, of making mistakes. You're listening to an interview with Chris Moore, the CEO of the Positive Coaching Alliance, and he is one of the people that advises the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services in their effort to change the culture of youth sports by creating a national youth sports strategy. Uh, he serves as a champion of the Aspen's Institute Project Play 2020, and as you'll hear later in the This or That section, he's met... Uh, Michelle Obama at the White House, and he said that was an amazing experience, uh, being able to talk to her and have her promote this amazing component of exercise for the youth of America. Now back to the interview with Chris Moore, CEO of the Positive Coaching Alliance here in the Sports Deli. So you're from Chicago. I am. So uh, how is it growing up in Chicago and what was, what was your childhood experiences like uh, playing youth sports? And, and is that, is that what shaped you to want to commit to this uh, lifelong mission? Thanks for that question. Um, yeah. So I, um, I grew up in, in Chicago. I, I actually left um, in 2005, we moved to Atlanta just when we had our first child and, and ended up um just to get the built-in babysitting from, from in-laws. <laughs> uh, and then the truth be told, I, 
we, we moved to be closer to my wife's uh, family because I was traveling all over the world. I had a very demanding job at the time. And, and my wife, we wanted my wife to, you know, my wife and I talked about it and we said, you know what, let's, let's try staying home and, and raising the kids for a few years. And, um, and uh, we wanted to do that in Atlanta. It's a great family oriented place, but growing up in Chicago was great. You know, we have two baseball teams. I'm, I grew up a Cubs fan and, um, you know, I, I probably garnered more respect for the White Sox since I left. Um, uh, although Not I, recently, I was going to say, I don't know what's going on now. I'm going to stick to being a Cubs fan. Yeah, there you go. That's a good idea. Yeah. But growing up, um, you know, my parents divorced at an early age uh, or at a young age when I was young. And uh, I was probably 12. My sister was 10. And growing up, through the teen years as a, you know, as a child of a single mom, I got in trouble from time to time. And, um, you know, my sister and I were latchkey kids because my, my, my mother was working. And if it weren't for the YMCA, our local Y, and boys and girls clubs in our local parks and rec, um, mm -hmm. I was, I certainly would not have, um, number one, I, I I would have found trouble. Um, and sports allowed me to, um, to channel, I guess, all that energy into something, you know, that made me happy and, and allowed me to have fun and meet friends. And, and my sister, same thing. She played sports um, as well. And so um, we did swimming and activities and we were in camps. And so, um, so when I, you know, uh, you know, went, went off to college and grad school and all that fun stuff. But when I had kids, um, just my own experience as a kid and, and having sports change my life for the better, I was determined to um, do the same for them. And we're, we're in a different my wife and I are in a different situation than my mother and father um, were at the time. Um, you know, we have a two parent household and, um, and my kids have access to travel sports. Both uh, my kids played uh, on travel teams mm -hmm. and I coached, uh, I, yeah, I didn't coach at that level. I coached them at, at the rec level. And so it was, it was just super important for me to keep them keep them active um you know obesity childhood obesity is a is a the incidence of obesity is really high among kids and so it was important just uh, for cog cognitive social and emotional uh, development and i just wanted them to have fun and um and so that's why uh you know that that's what sports has meant to me and i have therefore sort of passed that on to my kids my, my son my oldest son is a junior at Lone Star High School plays you know plays football my, my uh, younger son plays flag with the YMCA but he also yeah <laughs> he, he's well he's like this he's like super tall almost six feet but he's super skinny and um, but he plays baseball too and so they just love sports it's a distraction it gets them off the video games and the screens and um, and so we didn't have that as a kid. We didn't have the, you know, the video games that kids have today. And so that's why sports really matters um, and has mattered to me growing up. And so Chris, you, you, this, this is a, as you said at the beginning, uh, you didn't expect to be taking the reins here and, and having to kind of march through a pandemic. Is, is there something that you've managed to formulate to say to coaches now who are maybe removed from their staff and removed from their players? Yeah and are still trying to sort of embrace the, the PCA um, approach? Yeah, so uh, thanks for that, um, th that question, Gordon. Um, when the pandemic hit in March, um, I mean, you guys know, everything just came to a grinding halt. Uh, and it started, I think, when the NBA suspended their season and then NCAA, you know, March Madness and everything. Um, and so we, like everyone else, uh, you know, try to quickly figure out what this meant for us. Um, I happened to be out of town on spring break with my kids and, I, and I, I couldn't even enjoy the vacation because I was on the phone with work trying to, you know, we had uh, partners who were canceling workshops and we felt like, you know, given the, the, um, 
the lethal nature of this novel coronavirus that none of us had ever heard of before. Um, you know, when when Nike and the NBA and others are shutting down their operations, we um, we follow suit, and so we put out a memo very quickly. Um, that we were um, not going to do live in-person workshops so as to not spread um, the, the, the virus. And so what we did though, um, shortly thereafter was we created a platform called Life is a Team Sport. We quickly sprung into action and created this platform. And, and what we did was we did, you know, we, we hosted a lot of virtual sessions with many members of our National Advisory Board and our Leadership Council. Uh, we had, for example, Ju uh, you know, Julie Foudy uh, on, you know, Facebook Live. We had Lindsay Gottlieb, um, we, uh, you know, the Cleveland uh, Cavs um, assistant, uh, assistant coach. coach. Mm -hmm. uh, and we wanted to just be uplifting and encouraging during a time where there was disappointment. It went over very well. To your point, we have this wonderful group of leaders uh, throughout sports that we can deploy um, to do sessions for us online to, to really add value and to help support our players and our coaches and parents at a time when they need, they'll need us uh, most. What's the best place to find that information? They can go directly to our, um, our, our website at www.positivecoach.org. John, Chris, go ahead. Yeah, Chris, just curious. You know, you came up in an era like us where you played pickup either football. I'm not that old. <laughs> you just don't look it. You just look a lot better. Uh, so, so you, you know, it seems today, and maybe you can that every oh, there's a lot of programming of the student athlete, you know, with the parents, and there seems to be less pickup, sporadic, where there's I think more intuitiveness, if you will. You know, you know, the kids have to arrange the game. I and mean, back then, we had, if we wanted five on five, we had to go find nine more guys, men or women yeah. to play. You had to pick a time, you had to communicate, and then you wanted another group after you. That's just basketball, you know, all these, all these sports. And I've heard, you know, Keith Hernandez, as an example, he said that one of the best things that happened to him is that they didn't focus on, his parents didn't focus on one sport, that the reason he was such a good first baseman is because his ability to play soccer, of how he played yes. soccer and used yes. his feet. And if he had, you know, Ron Darling went to Yale to actually go to Yale, you know, not a, he was not planning to play. So I'm just curious, Yep. If we're over-programming and maybe the student athlete is losing some, let's say, emotional intelligence when it, that prepares them better for life. And Chris, yeah. John, could, John could probably list every professional <laughs> two-sport two athlete that's ever put on a uniform. Well, actually, so um, this is a big thing. You know, multi-sport play is really important. And my take on it is, um, you know, we, we should listen to the, the, the kids and what, what it is they, they want to do. I mean, if you look at the, you know, overuse injuries, um, if you look at burnout, um, I mean, I, I'll be the first to tell you, because I committed, as I said earlier, every cardinal sin of, um, of, you know, being a bad parent when it comes to this stuff. Um, my oldest son played baseball for five or six years um, he was, um, he played, you know, um, travel, played on a travel team. My wife and I wrote the multi-thousand dollar checks um, to the, the club. And we traveled all over the Southeast back when we lived in uh, Atlanta um, to, to his games. And, and I, as a parent, um, wanted my son to be, you mentioned Keith Hernandez, I wanted him to be Mark Grace or... Uh, Prince Fielder, uh, uh, and whether whether he was good enough or not, I mean, I just thought, okay, you know what, this club has to be. I mean, I'm writing a check for three grand, four grand, whatever. They're, not, it, they're gonna manufacture him, uh, him into the kind of player that would allow him to get a college scholarship, and I think that's um, unfortunately what's happened. This whole pay-to-play model in um, in youth sports that's given rise to specialization. Ultimately, um, what I learned as a parent, when my son told me, oh, dad, I'm done with baseball. And I was like, no, you can't be done with baseball. What do you mean you're done with baseball? You've been doing it for six years and I've, you know. Um, and and I, I realized that the problem was me. 
if I had just allowed him, like a lot of parents, um, to just cycle out of baseball and play another sport for a season, he might have come back to baseball. Um, you know, there's something systemically wrong. Um, there's just a decline in sports. And I think part of it is that the kids aren't having fun anymore. A lot of it points back to bad coaching as well. So coaching education is, um, is, is really important. Um, and so I just don't think kids should be specializing until they, until they get to at least 13 or 14. Um, uh, that's really being driven by, by, you know, uh, money. I mean, that there really isn't more than one way to say it. I mean, I, my contention would be, Chris, is that if there were no money in athletics, half the people involved would be doing something else. That's yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, and so, so I think it's perfectly appropriate and it's the right thing to do as a parent to encourage your athletes, your youth athletes to sample uh, different sports. Well, I can I can tell you with some of our kids, it's it's really uh, quite difficult to actually tell them to take time off. You know, they 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 lobby for additional activity, and I always have to come back to them and say, you know, are you not? Are, is three three games a week with your AAU team not enough for you right now? And once they're once they're caught, you can see it in their face, and I understand it. I understand that they want to play, um, but that's kind of where it's at for us. We're, we we spend a lot more energy trying to get them to take breaks uh, now. And that, that's kind of how we push back. I humbly believe that specialization too early um, hurt us. I think kids just weren't learning, which speaks to coach training and education. Mm -hmm. um, they weren't having fun. Um, the other thing that can't be overlooked is the role of technology and how uh, you know, I think I read a stat a while ago that kids spend on average about seven to eight hours a day on screens of some sort, mm -hmm. um, which is uh, equivalent to a full like eight hour job. Um, and when you think about it, I mean, well, my kids are in school um, during the day, but I know they are right now they're doing virtual I beg your pardon, they're, they're still using their laptops even at school because teachers are not handing out paper and collecting exams mm -hmm. the old fashioned way. Everything is done on a laptop. Mm. And uh, so I think it's even worse now. And when they come home, they're just, they want to decompress and they're on right. their phones and they're- Well, it really, I think Chris, it really, it really for, for me, it really shifts the paradigm. It's really a 180 where, you know, now the primary activity is a technology activity and that you have to actually make an effort to have a, a non-technology activity happen in your day. Um, it, it didn't used to be like that. And that it's, it's kind of overtaken sort of by um, necessity. And hopefully, you know, there'll be some ebb in the tide once, uh, if and when we are on the other side of this. Well, and I fully uh, agree with that. I, I think the other thing too is we can learn a lot from technology companies. They have found a way to engage kids in a way. Um, I remember when when we, we first moved here, um, Pokemon Go was a big thing. <laughs> you know, walking around the, you know, the neighborhood right. like this, and I was afraid they're gonna get hit by a car because they're watching the screen and not the road. Um, but but they have really found a way, like some people blame technology companies. They're, they're, they, they equate them to tobacco, right? Uh, in terms of the uh, the the adverse effect that they have have on our um, on our kids, I actually think that we can we as leaders in youth sports can learn a lot about the um, how we can transform sports um, uh, by engaging kids uh, in tools, um, you know, in uh, in apps that that. Um, get them more attracted to, to sports. Um, I know there are a number, I mean, I've talked to a number of, um, of companies who, uh, you know, they, they have really useful and innovative solutions for coaches. Um, and we're talking to various um, uh, companies about putting our, 
our curriculum onto their platforms to create another access point uh, to, you know, to access PCA training and, and, and workshops. And so technology doesn't always have to be a rival. It can actually be an enabler to help us um, teach the game, administer the game. And, and so I, I actually think um, it can be a, a, a good thing. That's awesome. You usually don't hear the word enable in a positive manner, but uh, definitely sure. in that sense, it's, it's awesome. But this has been fascinating. It's probably the, the fastest hour that I remember in any of our, uh, uh, with any of our guests, it's been, could probably keep going. We have a, a very famous this or that segment of the podcast. It's sort of a, a fun little uh, thing that we, we all developed to you know, see what your what your quick answers are. Wait, we didn't all develop this. <laughs> Sounds like Chris, Michael, you Chris, developed it. Thank you, yes. thank yes. you, Chrissy. Chris, Chris can tell when when I won't say it. Chris can tell. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, agree. Yeah, Go ahead, Mike. My, oh yeah. And by the all way, right. I've always wondered, how, you know, like rapid fire sessions, how how well I do with that because um, <laughs> I see it. I see it done all the time. And then I, what, when I'm when I'm like witnessing it, like I'm totally slow to the party and responding. So now I'm, I'm listen, Chris. Well, Chris, well, Chris if, if you if you survive, and yeah. you're still positive, you've done a hell of a job. Right. It's think of it as like a poor man's version of Fast Money on Family Feud. Got it. <laughs> Let's do this. He just busted out with Family Feud. All right, uh, Uber or Lyft? Uber. Type A or type B personality? Type A. Glass half full or half empty? Half full. Jordan or LeBron? Jordan. Le LeBron or Kobe? Kobe. How did that impact you? I tell you, that's when this whole freaking nightmare of a year started. Yeah. Um, to be quite honest, exactly uh, right. It, it it just I I was on my way to Miami. I was in the car. I had to pull over to the side of the road. I was so upset. I was driving to the airport. I almost missed my flight. I I could not believe. It. I I was texting people. I was call I call called my kids. I was about to get on a plane, and I was just I was distraught. Um, I felt like uh, I mean Kobe came into our homes. I felt like I was related to him. And so um, it was just, it was awful. Absolutely awful. Yeah. And, and, well, and this year, this year is still going on, you know, right? It's, it's been an awful year for that. Yeah, crazy year. Uh, so you've been married a long time, abrupt transition here. Vacuum uh, or dishes? Vacuum. I've been married 20 years, by the way. <laughs> right. Well, congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Just celebrated our 20 year anniversary. Uh, that's awesome. Did, did you cook? I cook a well. I don't cook as much now, but I because I'm just super busy. I'm on Zooms all day, and by the time I'm done, I'm like I'm brain dead. So, um, but I, I cook a lot, and my wife will tell you um, we were college sweethearts. By the way, uh -huh. we broke up for you know a few years in between, then we got back together and dated, and and ultimately got married, and just it's been great. But she will tell you that I cooked a lot um, as a 20 year old as, and you know, cook just as, as, as well as, as a 50 year old. What's your, what's your favorite dish to cook? I, so her favorite dish of mine, I cook many things, um, but her favorite dish of mine is a, a Thai chili beef dish with wow. jasmine rice and you know, the mm. whole nine yards. So I do Asian food really well. Oh, nice. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just really time consuming. A lot of Perhaps. ingredients. Perhaps tonight we should start the Sports Deli guest uh, recipe book. <laughs> you know what? You should. Hey. You should. <laughs> I mean, we got nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Hoosiers or blue chips? Hoosiers. Oh, that made Gordon happy. Gordon's <laughs> a Bobby Knight disciple. Oh, wow. Uh, sweetness really. or Gail Sayers? Oh, sweetness. Greg oh, Maddox wow. or Ryan Sandberg? uh well they both are former cubs um right that's gonna, why i chose them oh okay so <laughs> i'm gonna say um normally i'd say rhino but i'm gonna say um greg maddox because 
I feel like we screwed the pooch on that one. I mean, we let him go to Atlanta and he goes and wins all these side uh, awards. And uh, can you sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game for us? Yep. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care if I ever get back. So it's root, root, root for the Cubbies. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes. You're out at the old ball game. Oh, that was outstanding. That was great. Harry Carey, you know. Yeah, exactly. That was my guy. Yeah, that was your guy. <laughs> Did your wife choose that shabby chic dresser behind you for the for the office there? So she she decorated this entire this entire room. What's the what's the best book that you read over there on the on the shelf over your right shoulder? Uh, oh gosh, I have a lot of great. Um, so let me think here. The best one probably. Is it that one entitled math right there on top of this third shelf? <laughs> well, that's my son's. That, that, well, let me put it to you this way. That's the book that I have to often refer back to when I'm helping my son with homework. Exactly. Because uh, I have, you know, interna international monetary economics, macro, stats, you know, all of my business school books. Right. But this one, um, uh, Extreme Ownership. This one is awesome. Um by former Navy SEALs. Oh, wow. And they talk about um, leadership and leadership imperatives. And, um, and when you think about the military and some of the best books that uh, are written about leadership come from um, uh, Navy SEALs and, and uh, servicemen, men, men and women who are in the service. That's cool. I have a have, lot of favorites, but. Yeah, that's cool. We're going to have Kevin Eastman on in a couple of weeks. So we're, we're looking forward to having him. Awesome. Nice great leader, awesome. great great coach yeah okay well let's get to the the final stretch here and the we're in we're in extra innings here uh okay white men can't jump or coach carter coach carter okay so now these are, are some of our new favorites here so the, the first one is a heteronym so each of the two or more words that are spelled identically but have different sounds and meanings uh number or number like your numb, like your hand goes numb from hitting your your funny bone, or the or number, number or number, number. Okay. You know, Mike, uh, if you have to explain the. the oh no, I was just gonna say it. The, the, the whole English, thing doesn't the, work when you have to. The man has a degree from the English University of construct. Chicago, and you have to explain it. You have a problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's just let's just leave it at that. It's a you problem, dude. It's not a he problem. That's right. Thank you, John. <laughs> I, I I I agree. Okay. Uh, resign uh, or resign. Resign. Okay, there you go. Okay, now this is this is new. The two of them haven't heard any of these before. This is a palindrome. Okay, so this is where a word is spelled the same forwards and backwards, as I'm sure you know. Okay, kayak or race car. Kayak. Okay. Rotator or repaper. rotator <laughs> okay There's now this no is no wrong answer with this so don't <laughs> yeah, yeah, think about that one okay now this is multiple word palindrome okay so was it a cat i saw or eva can i see bees in a cave what was it a cat i saw okay friends fresh prince of bel-air or different strokes oh man uh, i'm gonna say fresh prince of bel-air I mean, I, I love different strokes. I was really young, but I, but yeah, I'm going to say Fresh Prince. Home Alone or Kindergarten Cop? Home Alone. Cookies, cake, or pie? Depends on the cake, but um, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say cake. Cheesecake or chocolate? Cheesecake. Is that why it depended on the cake? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a big, Boom. I'm not. My wife is really Ooh, big. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Wex. Okay, My wife is more... a chocolate cake person. I'm a cheesecake. Mike just strong. continues to ask the questions, and it's really more of a psychological <laughs> test to see how, how patient you'll be. 
So he's going to go on until you lose it. Right. <laughs> no, I, I love this. Okay, a couple more. Now, this is where John has to step up his game. Okay, French toast, waffles, or pancakes? Pancakes. What's second? Uh, I would say waffles. John, you're up. Okay, so we go through this every show, Chris. You spent time in Atlanta, so you're, yes. you should be a fan of Waffle House. Oh, yeah. Okay, and yep. so there you go. See, that's the look we want when we talk Waffle House. <laughs> yeah, There's yeah. a man who knows Waffle House. Oh yeah, I know Waffle just, House. Okay, and so you know the All-American Special when you go in for 865 normally, it includes two waffles, hash, toast, coffee, and eggs. It's the best deal anywhere. Yes. But here's the hidden secret. If you ask the waitress for an, to upgrade, for like a dollar to a dollar twenty-five, depending on the Waffle House. Probably the Buckhead Waffle House in Atlanta would be a dollar twenty-five because they're they're the upscale Waffle House. They're the one that the stuff's actually clean and the door actually opens uh, instead of it being propped because no one wants to deal with it closing hard. Um, so you can get everything. So you end up getting three to four waffles and everything for ten dollars, and it is the best deal um, you can get. And when we get out of this COVID mess. We need this. Our, one of our game plans, at least my plan, is to host this at a booth at Waffle House. And then if we get the people, local person, like if we're night. I don't know. So, John, well, let me I'm see it. Let me see if I understand this. We're in the pandemic. Uh, people are miserable. There's millions of people unemployed, and you are planning a trip to the Waffle House. <laughs> He's going to commandeer a booth. Look, look. Look, we've established that we're all Michael Cohen under house arrest. No, you, you established that. I'm not Michael Cohen under house we, arrest. We need to. We need something to look forward to. That's what I'm saying. We all need to have the light at the end of the tunnel, and mine is the podcast and waffle. Well, I, I'm focusing on a December 28th season opener. That's what I'm focusing on. <laughs> I okay, a couple more. Waffle House. Court. Couple more. Can we let Chris go back to his family for? Well, God's you guys sake? have been interjecting. Well, Chris doesn't want to go anywhere because once he leaves, well, his wife's going to that whole Mike. room anyway. So co-hosts interject. That's I want to go shoot some hoops. Yeah, yeah there too. you go. We, we do. We, we Wait, do you, do you, on that. Did you ever cross paths with Obama? Um, so not <laughs> while not while he was president, but um, when he was running for president, he um, I met him uh, at a local. So. I, about half a block away from my um, the condo that I was living in in Chicago, my wife and I we just gotten uh, I think we just got married. He was running he was running for U.S. Senate of Illinois, um, and so I met him there. So this was long before he became president. Oh, but wow. um, uh, I met Mrs. Obama several times at right. the White House. However, because yeah, with the uh, play sixty, mm -hmm. that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, she was. Um, she but Mrs. Obama can't shoot the three. I'm I'm told. I, I've been, <laughs> no, I'm, see, I'm not sure. Did you see Obama sink that uh, three uh, yes. a couple yes. weeks ago? Yeah, but he wasn't right. guarded. No, he wasn't guarded. I no. just want to point that out. I mean, I understand, but he, you know, there was nobody but guarding. Still, him. I mean, you know, I, I, yeah. I, listen, it's a 21 footer. I get it. I, you know, yeah. Chris, you know how you said it's the glass is half full. Yeah, Gordon's. Uh -oh, here it's, we go. half, it's half empty. It's a, he wasn't guarded. It's not half empty or half right. full. He just was, wasn't guarded. Yeah. Put he, some D on him. He's, he's just, <laughs> he just talk about swagger. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, candy or popcorn when you're watching a movie? Uh, Twizzlers. Candy. Okay. So, Gordon and I teach yoga. If you had to take a yoga oh. class, would you take it with Gordon or just me? say oh. Mike, Chris? This is just this is all he wants. Don't be a bully. Don't be a bully. A little ego stroking. This is your no. moment. In, yeah, this is it's your. Not, this is about seconds. the greater good. This is about the greater good. Okay, here, here I'm gonna because I'm such a a, a half full person. I'm gonna say with both Mike and Gordon. Yeah. All right. Now, if you had an opening on your advisory board, there's two. There's two two openings. Which two of us would you take and who would be left out? Nothing like putting him on the, I'm unavailable, Chris. I, I'm happily coaching here. I don't have any interest in advisory boards. Gordon, nobody asked you to interject right now. I'm helping Chris. <laughs> Somebody has to look out for the guests. I'm going to do Jonathan and Michael. Smart man. 
<laughs> oh, you, you, you were coerced. All right. Well, the floor is yours. Any, any final words? It's, it's, it's been fascinating and fun. And uh, we, we were so glad that you shared space with us. It's, it's been a wonderful experience. No, it's, it's, it's been, um, it's been, it's been great. So um, the one thing I, I want to urge your listeners to do, and, and this is serious. So um, Positive Coaching Alliance just announced a major partnership with the Susan Crown Exchange. Um, they're a um, you know foundation out of Chicago, um, and, and that partnership um, you know makes PCA the anchor partner uh, with SCE, and together with other partners, we're going to collectively train uh, a million coaches in wow. in the area of social and emotional learning. Because That's you know, Susan Crown Exchange, Susan Crown Exchange. So if you go to if you go to the website milliondcoaches.org, milliondcoaches.org, you'll um you'll 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 see the partners and then and read a little bit more about the partnership. But you know, research confirms that positive youth experiences are associated with um, a range of benefits, uh, you know, for for youth athletes, um, and those include higher potential earnings um, in the future less smoking and drug use, um, improved uh, test scores, improved mental health, um, better confidence, all those things. So all of those things are associated, those benefits are associated with a positive youth experience. And so what we're doing with support from the Susan Crown Exchange is we're training these mil 1 million coaches um, uh, collectively with these other organizations um, in the areas of positive youth uh, development and social and emotional learning because we want um, to support kids both on and off the field, especially now because youth sports programs have been disrupted because there's mm -hmm. academic um, situation yeah. <laughs> has changed. Now more than ever, coaches need to be trained in how to interact with their, their players uh, so that they can develop um, skills like teamwork and empathy and problem solving and um, and the like. So, um, so I just wanted to end with um, with that awesome. by having you know having your your uh, viewers go on to Million Coaches Challenge. We're very excited about this partnership. It just launched about three or four weeks ago, and uh, and we believe that it will lead to better you know significantly better outcomes you know academic outcomes and. Um, you talk to professional sports players, they'll, they'll often talk about the experience that they had with their coach and how that coach was a mentor where you can, you can just hear kids talk about uh, what their coach means to them. I mean, there are kids who are just impacted by issues at home um, and that they, they rely on their, their, their coaches. Um, for guidance and support um, off the field as well. I hope there's just a greater fondness and appreciation for the job that coaches do because coaches yeah. do so much uh, for, their, for their kids. So, um, so we're excited about the partnership. Well, the PCA is in good hands. I'm sure Jim's uh, very, very happy and, and a lot of people are lucky that, that you're, uh, you've taken the reins and, and uh, everybody's under that umbrella. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I will pay yeah. you later, Michael. Um, yeah. If Jim, we can help Chris, let us know. I think, thanks so much. Jim's a great guy. And I, you know, we talk every couple months out, reach out to him. He's super helpful. And, uh, and, uh, and so we just built a great company and I'm just super uh, excited and, and honored to lead PCA through this pandemic, but also um, uh, scale and grow from here. Awesome. All right. Well, take care of yourself and your family. Thank you, Chris. And, uh, thank we'll, you we'll so much. Soon. This All right. has been it was, fun. It was great. Really, yeah. Really appreciate it. All right. Bye. Thanks, Chris. All right. Bye-bye. Gordon, when you cut John off for that question, he was so pissed off. He was like, are you fucking I don't even know what you're talking about. Hootner said go and I had a question lined up. I had a good one lined up and you're like, I mean. You, first of all, you did raided the did, cafeteria. Did you, wait, you stole did you, the orange juice in the cafeteria. Did you, did you chat? Did you send me a chat note, John, that said you were next? No. He's Hootner looking back did. at the chats right now. No, it's all Hootner. Could you guys work a little harder on the pithy questions? I like I like my questions the way they are. <laughs> right, right. But our, 
our audience doesn't. We have, let's be honest. Who, Wendell? Like I care what Wendell has to say. Nah, I'm not changing. You, I thought you about it. I thought about it. I'm not about doing it. it. I, I put some. I put some time into it. I'm not doing it. Thank you. I don't know what you said in the last podcast about the, the this or that. Gordon Roland, when you said something about hijack or something. <laughs> wait, what did you think of the palindrome? That was great. No, it's not. I like you want us. You want us to feedback on the this, this or that segment? <laughs> I, I think it's outstanding. Okay. Special shout out to Susie, who in particular loves the this or that segment of the podcast. One of our biggest fans. Much love to you, Suze. Stay safe. It's it's uh it's crazy out there. Yep. Yeah. Not good. All right, we'll see you Tuesday for Sherry Sam, former WNBA player. And uh, why does she have two first names? <laughs> okay. That's gonna be the this or that. Is it is it gonna be Sherry, Sherry or, or Sam? Sam? <laughs> Putner, would you stop promoting Nike? I'm not promoting Nike. I'm wearing speak up and dribble. Hat, the hat, the swoosh oh, come on your hat. I can't see that. Okay. I'm out. All Later, right. guys. Later, guys. Thanks again for joining us. <laughs> oh, my God. Thanks again for joining us in the Sports Deli. This is Hootie Hoot for Dr. J and Coach K. Special thanks to Chris Moore, who joined us today, Chief Executive Officer of the Positive Coaching Alliance. You can find him on Twitter at Chris Moore Sport and on Instagram at Positive Coach US. You can also go to www.positivecoach.org, coachesr.org, and P C A D E V Z O N E.org. You can find us on Instagram at Mike Hootner and on Twitter at Michael Hootner. You can send us an email to thesportsdeli at gmail.com. Stay safe. Please mask up. And thanks for everyone who got out there and voted. We did it. Until next time. Peace.